You're listening to the Panther Podcast, the official podcast of Oconto Falls Public School District. In today's podcast, we have another interview with Dr. Dean Hess about a return to in-person learning in the district. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to a special edition of the Panther Podcast. This is your host, Jason, joining from beautiful Green Bay, uh, sitting in sitting in isolation right now. Um, but through the glories of technology, I'm able to join uh, Dr. Dean Hess on the podcast again today. So, Dean, welcome again. Jason, I appreciate you working with me as always, but especially today, I I understand you're feeling other, under the weather, and and I, I want you to know that your dedication is much appreciated. Oh, hey, no problem. I'm I'm here to serve. So the, you know, the big thing is that we get the information out to people that we we want to have. So I'm able to function, and that's that's an important thing. So we'll we'll forge ahead. Um, so, uh, things have been busy since I've been out of the district. You guys have had a few things going on. Um, wanted to, uh, I guess just use this as an opportunity to kind of catch people up a little bit on some of the thought processes and, uh, and thinking that's gone into, uh, the major decision that the district has made to return to -to face-to-face learning starting on Monday. So, um, I, I guess let's, let's start with, uh, just a little bit of background, if you could, on what drove that decision decision and um, how how we're how how everybody's doing with that movement well as you can imagine it there was a lot of planning that's gone into the decision um, we had a a group that came together that was made up of uh, staff members nurses supervisors county health department our uh, members of admin and our board uh, our medical liaison all coming together to you know review dashboard data from within the district that looked at the number of positive cases that we've been experiencing as well as the number of quarantines. We also looked at uh, data from the county level and tried to keep in mind that uh, we've actually had a lower number of incidences within our district than what's being seen out in the county. Um, And our focus really was trying to determine could we could we come back in some form of a face-to-face environment um, so that we could provide a, a stronger level of support for our students and still do so in, in a manner that we felt was sustainable? And so after multiple meetings, uh, quite a bit of time and effort, we came up with this plan to start on November 9th, which is this coming Monday. Uh, we shared communication with our, our staff and our families. Uh, the first thing I'll do is I'll apologize because it, it is a, a pretty complex plan. And essentially what it comes down to is we recognize that it, there's no one size fits all. So uh, essentially what we've come up with is a plan that will be in that four plus one hybrid model that we started the school year with. Um, we'll be implementing that for a couple of weeks. And then because we have holiday seasons that are coming up and different activities, We've implemented some virtual time, uh, in some cases in front of and behind uh, the holidays so that we could have kind of a buffer period of virtual education so that if in the the activities people will be involved in, if they do uh, contract COVID, they have a chance to identify that and isolate themselves or if they're close contact, quarantine themselves before they're needing to come back to school. As part of the communication, we provided families and staff with a a programming matrix 
that has information as to how it will affect uh, students regardless of what grade level they're in, um, both when we're in the face-to-face -face type model as well as when we're in virtual model. And so if in reviewing it, people have questions, we would just ask that they reach out to their, their school, um, give the main office a call, talk with somebody in the main office or the principal with those questions, we should be able to get them answered for you. Um, and again, uh, we just want people to know that, that we appreciate their, their support and their flexibility as we, we try to move back into a more of a face-to-face -face type programming model that we think will better meet the needs of our students. Yeah, and I think that's the important thing for us all to keep in mind is that, you know, for as you know, you, you admit that it's complicated. And, you know, at first blush, like if I'm just looking through and glancing through the plan, yeah, it does look very complicated um, for the for the way that things are set up. But, you know, if you if you kind of dig into it a little bit more, um, you know, just the fact that, you know, you're building in those additional times around the holidays to give people just some time to, you know, if they, if they contract the sickness, you know, give it a couple of days to um, kind of, you know, to, to incubate, I guess, you know, before symptoms start presenting and things like that. Um, I think that's, that's an important step to take um, just to, you know, be, be cognizant of that fact and the way that um, the way that uh, the, the whole thing works, um, you know, and then the other part of it that I think is a, is just really good about this is you're giving people enough of a heads up where, you know, a, if they need to make arrangements for childcare and things like that, hopefully, um, you know, this gives people enough of an opportunity to be able to do that. Um, I did have a, I did have a question about the, the virtual learning, the, um, the move to that. Um, when we go to uh, back into the virtual learning um, mode of operation, like we have been doing, um, does that mean that um, we'll still have kids coming onto campus uh, the way that we had before, or are we going to be moving all students into virtual remote learning? Nope. It's, it's important to note that it'll be similar to what we've been doing the last few weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me. So students two through 12, uh, for the most part, will be virtual. But as we have been, there are some students that we've previously identified that have some significant needs uh, that we are bringing in and we're assisting them in a face-to-face -face manner, as well as um, our 5K and, and first grade students will also be coming in um, in order to get that assistance. So um, even on the virtual weeks, you can see in that, that matrix that we're making some accommodations uh, for students that we identify that need, need that extra level of support. And even on those um, on those virtual days, the the virtual Wednesdays when we are face to face, um, are those are those students still coming in on those days, or are they is everybody virtual on those virtual Wednesdays? Nope. Again, um, when we look at the matrix under the face to face uh, portion, you'll see that it talks about on Wednesdays, five uh, K and first grade students, as well as previously identified students in grades two through twelve, uh, will be coming in again for that that extra level of support that they need. Okay, excellent. So consistency is, um, is an important thing for us to keep in mind as, you know, as we kind of, you know, it seems, it seems kind of crazy, like we're switching back and forth between modes and that does not seem consistent, but it really is consistent with the way that we have been operating. Um, it's just kind of, you know, going, going between the two modes, basically. Um, and, you know, I think that, 
think it's also important for people to note that this is all being communicated out well in advance so that plans can be made as opposed to, oh man, we're in a crisis and now all of a sudden we've got to switch modes or, um, or whatever because, you know, we have 35 teachers are sick or something like that. Well, and, and that's, that's a great point. I mean, our, our goal is to try to make this decision and then plan it out in advance enough to give folks a chance to do some planning and also have a plan that we have reason to believe we'll be able to sustain. Um, and obviously through action research of, of working the plan, we should know a lot more as we close in on January 4th um, to see where we go from there. One of the things that I want to bring up as well is uh, I've had some people, you know, question is, is this, is this a good idea given the high level of spread out in the community? And that's a very valid question. There, there is a, an increased level of spread that seems to be going up and down uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, one of the things that we've noticed is that our data internally within the district is lower than the data that's being presented out at the county level. Um, it's still high, it's still very concerning and it's something we take very seriously. Um, but in our minds, the mitigation efforts that we've been implementing, um, the biggest one being that everybody's expected to wear a, a face covering, um, the social distancing that we're doing to the best of our ability, as well as you know, hand sanitizer implementation, uh, students washing their hands, cleaning the environment, all of these things go together um, such that the spread within our buildings we feel is relatively low. Uh, the positive cases that we are experiencing, um, we, we have reason to believe that a significant amount of that is happening outside of school and it's, it just affects us uh, when the students come into the school environment. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point to make is, um, you know, a, for as much as we're seeing people getting ill um, and having the contacts, close contacts, uh, you know, a vast majority of that is happening outside of school. It just impacts the way that we conduct business in school. And, you know, like take myself, for example, I, you know, I came into contact with, um, with people outside of school and now, you know, following protocol and everything like that, um, you know, and it's the same, same way for any of our students and staff, you know, we're not, um, the, we have, we have a, a lot of protocols in place in the district that are, uh, helping to, kind of mitigate our, our local issues that uh, we could be having with um, with this kind of a, with this kind of a, a, a situation going on. Well, and, and it's important too, I, I want to just do a, a public shout out to our staff uh, who is, they're, they're doing a tremendous job of implementing education uh, currently in, in the virtual environment. Um, by the same token, when we go back into this face-to-face -face model, it really complicates their educational process because now uh, we absolutely know that we will have staff and students that will be out on quarantine because literally they're out on quarantine now, even though we're in a virtual environment. And that means that our staff will be teaching students that are sitting in front of them in the classroom while at the same time, uh, concurrently educating children that are at home on quarantine. And that's a very diff difficult task um, until somebody is involved in trying to do that. Uh, I'm not sure that you can really have a, a real solid understanding of the planning that goes into that as well as the implementation process. So 
I just want again, you know, let our staff know we, we greatly appreciate all of their effort uh, to build their capacity to be able to do that, um, as well as taking on that, that significant uh, challenge to be trying to implement that to the best of their ability. And, and when you talk to staff members, they, they will tell you it's very difficult. By the same token, um, they appreciate having the opportunity to engage face-to-face -face with students because it, it creates a much, a much better opportunity uh, to keep track of student learning and, and to ensure that, that students are, are engaging in the process. Uh, sometimes in the virtual, you don't have nearly as much uh, impactful um, capability to do that. Yeah, I think that, you know, prioritizing having kids in school and in the building uh, is going to long term, you know, be be the best thing for our kids and for our staff and for, um, you know, just for everybody for the community involved. Um, you know, as difficult as as it is, you know, I've seen, I've personally seen just so much growth and, um, and dedication by our teachers and, um, you know, all of the adults and some of the really cool things that the kids have been doing with their virtual learning and face to face and everything that's been going on, you know, I feel like, um, I feel like we have have been much more well prepared for, uh, for the shift this school year than we were last March. So, um, and that's not that's not really saying much at all, actually. But, um, you know, I do, I do think that, um, you know, just want to echo again, just the the uh, level of awesome that I've seen coming out of our, our staff um, for for what they've been able to accomplish, you know, they really do um, reflect the district motto, you know, it's, I think it's an unofficial district model, uh, that, you know, together we can do so much, right. Um, you know, I really, I really have seen that, uh, throughout this school year though. So thank you for your leadership and, um, you know, making sure that we're trying to do the best that we can for our kids. Um, it's good to know that this, uh, this return to return to physical or face to face learning is not just Dean sitting at his desk kind of cracking his knuckles and seeing like, okay, how, how bad can I make this for all of our teachers and for all of our kids like you know there really were a lot of um, a lot of people involved and a lot of thought going into making a difficult decision and, um, you know, I feel like the uh, the, the, the way that we're going about things is, is gonna, you know, this is, this is the right way to do it. So, um, appreciate your, your efforts with that. One last thing that I'll throw out there is as we are, um, getting close to the holiday seasons, uh, just, a uh, a request to all families and, and parents and guardians, whatever they can do, uh, to slow this spread would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we know that with the holidays, a lot of folks uh, normally and traditionally would be getting together in, in large family groups. Um, I would ask people to be real thoughtful of their, their actions, whatever they can do to be wearing face coverings, um, trying to potentially make changes this year to, to not be in large groups and and just being thoughtful such that um, anything that we can do to slow this spread will allow us a greater chance to maintain and sustain a face-to-face -face learning environment for our students. So we've, we've implemented a plan, um, we've communicated, we're, we're doing what we can at the district. Anything that people can do at the family and community level would just be greatly appreciated. 
Thank you for the encouragement, Dean, and thank you for your time. Um, looking yeah. forward to seeing how things go when we get kids back on campus. There you go. Have a good day, Jason. Thanks, you too.